Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. With home security, there's two ways you can go about protecting your home. Way number one, the sucky way. You wait weeks and weeks for a technician to do a messy installation that costs a small fortune. Or there's method number two, the dope way, the tight way, the good way, the simply safe way. Simply Safe is everything you need in a home security system. It is award-winning protection. It is the two-time winner of the CNET Editor's Choice Award. <sighs> Simply Safe blankets your whole home and safety. You get comprehensive protection for your entire home. Outdoor cameras, doorbells alert you to anyone approaching your home. Friends, family, robbers. Entry, motion, and glass break sensors guard the inside. And you barely notice it's there. But what's truly remarkable? You can set this bad boy all up by yourself. Literally anyone can do it. It takes 30 minutes to an hour tops. And there's absolutely no trade-offs to your safety. You will have an army of trained security experts ready to dispatch police to your home at a moment's notice. 24-7. And it's only 50 cents a day with no contracts. That's why The Verge calls Simply Safe the best home security system. And The Verge doesn't just say stuff. They mean it. Go to simplysafe.com slash team today. By the way, it's spelled S-I-M-P-L-I safe.com slash team today. And guess what? You get free shipping and a 60-day risk-free trial. You got nothing to lose. Go now. And be sure you go to simplysafe.com slash team. Go Steelers! Go Steelers! Say go Steelers! Go Steelers! Yeah, 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 Coming to you from the bowels of a concrete bunker. Deep under the citadel of the outpost, ensconced in a coronavirus-proof encasement of mortar, cinder block, and steel. Welcome to the Steelers Outpost Podcast, a proud member of the Armchair All-Americans Network. It is March 15th, 2020. This is Tom coming to you from those bowels of Sawdust Studios at the Washington, D.C. Outpost. And Nick joins me from the Houston Outpost. Wow. The week went from... Absolutely nothing to talk about to an ex- a corona explosion, not just of the virus, but of football news. That's right. Uh, I think we should talk about this, this illness that is poised to sweep the nation because, let's be honest, it's really a good thing. Because Sawdust Studios is nigh impenetrable, and we have an infinite litany of topics to talk about now that CBA was finally passed so we'll get to that today I think you guys have probably heard enough about uh, the, the corona thing that's going around that's what I call it the corona thing 
And uh, you don't need two idiots like us telling you about it. But we do know some stuff about the Steelers and some stuff about the NFL. And obviously the biggest thing uh, that we can talk about today, besides a very unfortunate signing uh, by our uh, divisional rivals, is this CBA. So it got approved, huh? Just barely passed in the voting. Yeah. It, incredibly, it was it was a 51.5% approval. So I didn't do the math, but uh, 70 guys, 60 yes, guys 60, difference. 70. Wow. So it was very close. And not everybody voted, obviously. I think they were counting on having about 25, or at least there were 2,500 eligible players and about 2,000 voted for it. Is that better or worse than you would anticipate? So the final score was 1,019, yes, 959, no. And you got 2,000 out of 2,500. Do you think that's better than you would predict for NFL players or worse or right on par? I, I, I would not have expected that low turnout. This is Yeah, that's um, kind of sad, right? I mean, I, I, who knows what reasons people don't. Maybe they're for the same reasons they don't make political votes. They don't you know, understand it. Their vote won't matter. Clearly, your vote can matter. The and vote, vote matters here, though. Right. That's what I'm thinking. Like in the and political it's very votes. It's very personal. It, it affects you directly, especially what, like 65% of the guys in the NFL or something like that make minimum salary. And they're getting massive salary bumps. So that, that's weird to me why you wouldn't vote. I'm, I'm not honestly that well, I can understand where people are coming from, whether you agree with their um, choices or not. But, like, yeah, not voting on political issues is sort of like, oh, my one vote isn't going to turn it. I don't understand it. Oh, it's basically the same person running against themselves with slightly different outcomes. Either way, I, I have no real influence on what happens. Okay, I can see how someone can convince themselves of that. But this is 2,500 guys. They won by 60 votes. So that is kind of crazy that you wouldn't vote in this scenario. You know what? I, I was looking up because part of the problem might be you might not know if you're eligible to vote. I mean, some of these guys, I guess if you are, like if you are an unrestricted player, unrestricted free agent, does that mean you're in the NFLPA? I wonder if some guys are just confused. Mm-hmm. Let's just hope it's that. So yeah. you want to you go over the, the changes? Obviously, we've gone over the proposed changes, and so this isn't anything new, but maybe we can make this a little concise and kind of uh, go from there. Sure. Everybody knows that we're adding a 17th game. Probably won't happen. It won't happen in 2020. They, they assume it'll take place in 2021. The number of playoff teams increased from 12 to 14. Rosters are expanded by two. Practice, uh, practice teams are also increased by two. There are obviously higher minimum salaries and improved benefits, improved pension, uh, also improvements for former players. And we talked about last week changes to the drug policy, so that's a little more lenient when it comes to marijuana, or however right. you kids pronounce it today. That's but a little yeah, more, uh, but some st- steeper, steeper penalties for anabolic steroid use. That's good. Uh, other changes to the discipline policies. So player revenue increases from 47 to 48%. And once it goes to a 17-game season, that bumps to 48.5%. Salary caps for the teams include increase a little more than 5%, $10 million up to $198 million per team. They think uh, this, this will likely increase once and if the NFL negotiates a new media package. So a right. lot of goodies in there for everybody. I guess the the question is, you know, why the why the split vote? I, and most of what we can attribute it to is that seventeenth game. And inevitably, 
what will become the 18th game. Okay, I got two questions for you based off of that. The media package was expected to absolutely skyrocket as of our last episode, right? Do you think coronavirus uh, affects that in a negative way or maybe in a positive way because people will be watching more TV? Now, obviously, we don't know how long this thing is going to last, but... I don't know, but neither do the people making the deals. Do you think it makes any impact at all on the negotiations for these television deals or 0.0 Blutowski? Here's my advice to you. Buy everything in sight because this is a temporary setback. Will it affect the package? I think everybody realizes this is just a moment in time, and I actually think there'll be pent-up demand for everything in the economy once we come out of this. Yeah, I think a lot of people are getting stung Money they'll never get back, but that's not the case for the NFL. I was having lunch at my favorite place, Caddy's. Nice. And Shout uh, out. standing there with uh, or the, standing there was the owner. We're just chatting about this, and he just couldn't get over it, that the NFL is just the most charmed organization in the world, in the universe, because when the entire sports industrial complex has to shut down for this virus. Yeah. The NFL just comes out with more news and more excitement. It's unbelievable, yeah. And you made the point, hey, maybe the economy is going to get stimulated after this fact, which makes us have to open the conspiracy theory door, doesn't it? But we won't get down to that here. Yeah, that would be a mistake. That would get political real quick. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care either way. But you are right. Um, it is funny. Even they just they keep winning. These other... Uh, seasons are getting tanked, which sucks for pro sports and for sports fans. But all this does is great bigger buzz for the NFL. Here's my second question. That $10 million increase of the salary cap, well, you can say this. In my mind, that really helps the Steelers right now in the exact situation they're in. Does it help them in the future? No, it doesn't help the team. They're going to, the Steelers always try and, excuse me, spend like up to the salary cap ceiling and then players will just get paid a little bit more uh you know the quarterback's still going to get a certain percentage of the cap and and wide receivers are everybody's prices are going to go up so it's not like wow the Steelers could sign one more person every year but it does help them in this current year because I feel like they probably constructed their roster and their salaries under the former cap so you do get this one year where it's like hey we have been Assuming that this is the total amount of money we could spend, you know, 188 million, and now we actually get 198 million, so maybe we can sign somebody like a Bud Dupree if we restructure a couple contracts. So that really does help the Steelers in this exact moment. Although, two little side notes from that is I heard that some of the owners and GMs were disappointed thinking that the cap was actually going to go up by more, like 15 million or something like that. And maybe. The Steelers weren't constructing their roster off of 2019. Maybe for the past few years they knew, hey, a CBA is coming up. We should be getting more money. What do you think? A 5% increase sounds small to me, too, especially when we're talking about the numbers that we've heard for a new media package. But, you know, that's sort of scuttlebutt. I'm not sure how much the media package is going to increase but 5% did seem like a pretty small amount. And well, I think do you think it helps the Steelers right now, or do you think that they, it doesn't help them because they were kind of in their minds preparing for this being the salary cap? Or do you think that this is like a, an angel coming in like, oh, we didn't think we'd be able to sign Bud, and now he can? I think 
it is a bridge too far to assume they played that chess game. Because these contracts that you currently have were set a while ago, and that's a lot of anticipation about actually what the numbers would be, let alone that they would renegotiate and approve a contract a year early. So I wouldn't say it's dumb luck. I, you know, it's, it's close because the increase in the salary cap is only 5%. It's not like they yeah. were counting on getting $30 million extra a year. I'm hoping that this saves Ramon. <laughs> Man, the big ragu. That's our main priority. Well, that's not the only news that the Steelers are getting a little bit of a bonus. We got ourselves a, a con- compensatory pick for Le'Veon Bell. A third round, pick number 102, and that is because we lost Le'Veon, as you said. We also are getting compensated for Jesse James minus Steven Nelson. And somehow the elixir, the amalgam of all those factors, gave us a third-round pick. Good, because we didn't have anyone. What do we have, two and then four onward, right, from round four That's onward. right, and I think that a lot of us had forgotten about that, or at least a lot of Steelers fans, because – we, you know, we talk so much in this offseason about not having a first-round pick and how awesome it is because that first-round pick is the greatest safety that the NFL has ever seen since Troy Palomalu, Minka Fitzpatrick, our Lord and Savior. But funny thing is we also traded up to get Devin Bush, so we didn't have a third-round pick. And now obviously when that happened, Steelers fans, we were all saying, well, you're going to get that comp- a compensatory pick for Le'Veon Bell. So this isn't a shock or anything, but it is nice to see that, yes, they do have a third-round pick. Those compensatory picks go at the end of the round, so it is closer to a fourth round. But, hey, give me Devin Bush and Minka Fitzpatrick 10 days out of the week. you got to respect the Steelers for being aggressive, which they have been very aggressive in their roster building in the past few years, despite what some fans want to whine about, thinking that we can just sign. Why don't the Steelers just sign Odell and Aaron Donald and Julio Jones. Why don't they do that? And Quentin Nelson, while you're at it, they could use offensive line help. Their line's getting old. They should sign Quentin Nelson. He's, he's not a free agent. Jo- we'll do it. I just hate how the Steelers never, they never do anything. That's all I hear. But either way, the Steelers have been aggressive. I'm glad they have been. And we'll have a little bit more on that later on in the episode. I'm sorry, I couldn't focus. Did you realize it's 5.02 here? On the East Coast, well, on we're a going Sunday. A late, but it's time, baby. Let me hear it. Let me hear it. Oh, boy, you never this want to hear a man true make a sound like that. But respect. I'm not trying to be like our, our fellow uh, podcasters on Thurston Goal. Hey, yeah, if you want to hear the real info from there, yeah, you got to listen to Thurston. Those Goal. guys are real true connoisseurs. Hey, some other one thing we passed up. I, I failed to mention. Th- this might not be earth shattering, or this. Uh, won't change the playing field that much but there was something we described last week called the veteran salary benefit and Uh that gives you the ability to not count 1.25 million dollars of a veteran who's been with your team for or actually has had four accrued years in the league so you can do that for up to two players and save two and a half million dollars and you know when you're talking about some of these journeymen linemen and just solid special teams guys that accounts for something Two other things we forgot to mention here, actually jumping back into the CBA. Obviously, we've talked about our opinions on a 17-game season, but we might have some new people listening here now that we have the official news. Do you have, you know, have your thoughts changed at all on the 17-game season? Do you like it? Do you dislike it? Or do you just think it's the new normal and we're, we're not going to notice a difference? I like it, and I think it'll be the new normal. 
and we won't notice the difference. Why do you like it? Just more football? Yeah. Don't you hate it? And you know what? And the Not expanded – don't forget the expanded playoffs. So what? how many games could you end up playing if you're a, sort of a lower-seeded team, wild card? You don't even need to be a lower-seeded uh, team because I don't think that the second rounder has the bye anymore. The second seed – does the second seed have the bye or no? No, I think you're right. I think only the first seed would have the bye. Right. I couldn't remember if that was with the 18-game season or the 17-game season. But, yeah, I think – I mean, they added well, two more playoff games. Sort of waved their wand, and they've added a couple guys to the roster and expanded the practice squad. And you can even take the roster above 54 players if those that you add – I think you can add two more from the practice squad with for a total of 56 players. I'm not sure that gets your starters over the hump with this extra game and the – what does what does Tomlin call it? The dings and dongs of – the craft where the dings and dongs <laughs> the pings and pangs about those before the bumps and bruises of our profession the bumps Thanks. and bruises nailed it third time's the charm fourth time fifth time whatever it was yeah i do dislike the 17 games because just look at this man like first off here's my my first point about the 17 games We've already seen a reduction in the quality of early season NFL games because nobody plays their starters in the preseason anymore, and they're just rusty going into the first few games. And that's why all that weird stuff happens. We're like, I don't know, was it a couple years ago? Did like Tennessee start five and zero and lose ten in a row? Like, it happens every year. We see the first few weeks are sloppy. The Steelers are horrible in the first few weeks, and that's a result of people not playing their starters as much in the preseason and the fact that you're not allowed to tackle or have full contact as much in the preseason. Well, now they have even less tackling and less contact in the preseason and they're going to be the coaches are going to be more enticed to rest their starters in the preseason because the regular season and postseason are longer now. So you're really going to see like yeah, early season games are going to suffer. And will the casual fan notice that? No, I don't really think so. And I don't even think that we would notice it that much, people who really pay attention to the games, just because everybody's on the same playing field, so at least it's fair, right? But it still does lower the quality. And then on the other side of the season, the playoffs are going to suffer as well because you add another game to the season – more people will get injured. Guess what the chances of that are? 100% chance. It, you, there's never been like an NFL game where somebody hasn't gotten hurt. Although we should look that up one day. And it would have been in like the 20s. No, that's when they guys, used to die. You know, like drank milk on no, the sideline. They smoked. Well, they did, yeah, that, that was drug related. Yeah, exactly. That, 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 that's because they had early, early factory worker grade cocaine and, and moonshine on the sidelines. Those were unrelated. But... Now, at the end of the season, players are going to be hurt, so you're going to get guys missing out of the playoffs, or they're going to be playing hurt, so they're not going to be as good. And the playoffs, the quality of the game is going to suffer. And Steelers fans should know that better than anybody because the Killer B era was cursed by Ben going into the playoffs hobbled or uh, AB getting knocked out by Vontaze Perfect or Le'Veon getting hurt against the Bengals in the last game of the regular season or... You know, Le'Veon, when he was breaking every rushing record the Steelers have ever seen in the playoffs, being hurt by the time they got to New England in the championship. And it lowers the quality. And here's my thing. The NFL playoffs, they're exciting because of the NFL playoffs. But game for game, they're not always great. You're lucky if you get, like, four good games every NFL playoffs. You know what I'm saying? Like, hockey, 
it's pretty consistent. It's crazy, like, how intense every single game is. And hockey is not... I like hockey, but it's not football. All I'm saying is that the playoffs already aren't a super high quality of football as it is. And so now you're bringing in teams like, yeah, like the Steelers and the Rams from last year, who, best case scenario, they can maybe upset one team or injure some of the players on the best teams who we, who are supposed to go to the Super Bowl. And we know this year the Steelers are going to be one of those top seeds, so some little dirtbag in Cleveland's going to injure one of the Steelers players in the first round, and then you got to deal with that. So I just think that it's going to be the new normal. We're not really going to notice it flagrantly or blatantly, but the owners of the NFL have decided and the players have agreed to lower the quality of football in order to make more money, which is not shocking because the NFL's a business. So take these ingredients and add them to your cake batter before you lick the beaters. So you know that the starters are not not going to play one less game in the preseason, right? So the preseason games are going to go to four to three. The number of padded practices during training camp are going to go from 28 to 16, almost half the number of padded practices. So you can can surmise that that's going to add to the rust, which we would expect, but it also might um, reduce injuries. You don't know how that'll cut. Yeah, so, I mean, as a humanitarian, as a person who cares about other people, hey, I mean, if they gotta, if they got to hit less to preserve their bodies and to preserve the game, if that just means playing some sloppier games at the beginning of the season, okay, that's cool. But we know that the reason the NFL cut those practices wasn't to keep the players safe. It was so that they could... It's so that they could get the 17th game and the player's like, well, you have to give us this and keep us safe. Like, fine, we'll keep you safe. We'll keep you safe. Just give us the damn 17th game. So, yeah, it doesn't come from a good place. I guess good for the players, you know, that they're uh, not going to have to hit as much. But like I said, the quality of football from here on has been lowered, even if it's not totally perceptible. Maybe you didn't account for the fact they're going to extend the length of the shoulder pads by three quarter inches on the left side. Well, that is just a swag issue because you you take that left side out any further, they're going to look like those 1970s guys running around with, like, what would you even call it? Some sort of prehistoric battle armor on. It's like just a transformer. So hilariously large. Yeah, they're like a bunch of Transformers running out around there. Not not talking about Megatron. So the CBA is in the bag, and we are ready to start looking at free agency. So a couple of critical dates coming up here, and I really hope they didn't get deleted from the script because it is coming up this week. So tomorrow, March 16th to the 18th. Tomorrow is March 16th. We start the window where we can start negotiating. And the 18th is the day where you start signing on the dotted line, although it is just assumed some of the big names are going to be handled. I wonder what's going to happen to Brady, because now we have a benchmark out there. Well, yeah, we got a benchmark from Ryan Tannenhill signing big with the Tennessee Titans. Okay, a few things. Number one, after I give a little intro here, you are going to explain, please, Dad, to me and to the rest of 
the world how these contracts truly get broken up as opposed to the Adam Schefter tweets where it says, oh, Ryan Tannehill is getting 30, 30 million a year because those tweets really come from the agents who leak that information uh, to the reporters first so that it makes the agents look good. The, the, the deal is never what you see in that initial tweet, right? Let me address Ryan Tannehill as a player to a lot of people in Pittsburgh who may not have paid attention to his career. And people just assume Ryan Tannehill sucks because he's a first-round guy. He was, in, he was in the same draft as RG3, Andrew Luck. I guess he outlasted both of those guys. Both of those guys is what I meant to say. And then, of course, Russell Wilson was in that draft as well. And he's never really had playoff success or anything like that. So they, they think, oh, he sucks. Okay, first things first. He was good with the Dolphins. He got better as the years went on, and he was having his best professional year where the Dolphins could have really made some noise in the playoffs. They beat the Steelers with the Killer Bees healthy. Well, I take that back. Ben got injured in the second quarter and then played through it foolishly and was terrible in Miami halfway through that season. And then Tannehill got hurt, and the Steelers just absolutely plastered them in Heinz Field. But those are sad memories because A.B. had two touchdowns in the first quarter. And then Le'Veon had one on a drive where they did 10 consecutive run plays down their throat. Either way, uh, Matt Moore was the quarterback that day for the Dolphins. But at that point, Tannehill had really started to come along as an NFL player. And then they couldn't get it back together after that. And Gase was eventually fired. He went to Tennessee last year. And let me just put it this way. er, Ryan Tannehill is Alex Smith. He's a slightly better, slightly more athletic, a little bit of a stronger arm than Alex Smith. He's a good runner. He played great in the system for Tennessee. It was a no-brainer for them to keep him, honestly. And uh, to me, he's the kind of guy that can win you some games. So it makes sense that they signed him. They didn't have anything else out there, and they think that they made it just they just made it to the AFC Championship game, so they think they're in a window. You got to keep this guy. He should probably get better next year unless he caught lightning in a bottle. I think this season he had like the, a top 10, if not like the best quarterback rating in history. Uh, so he played really well with them. He's the kind of guy to me, though, when you get into the playoffs and you got to play Patrick Mahomes, he's not going to win. He's not the kind of guy who goes in the playoffs where you're like, damn, we need our quarterback to go supernova. He never has. And I don't think he ever will, but they have a complete team. And they think that he can be the guy. So signing him wasn't just smart. It was a no-brainer. So we're going to talk. What do you think about the money? So there's a little bit of discrepancy depending on who you're looking at. But my source tells me he has a four-year, $118 million contract. He has a $20 million signing bonus. So think about it in this way. He's getting a four-year contract. So that's a cap hit of $5 million a year just for the signing bonus. He's also guaranteed for his base in years one, two, and three. There's a little bit of a technicality. I think the third-year guarantee is uh, against injury, so he could potentially be cut then. But the guy is getting right. $91 million guaranteed. His annual average salary is twenty nine five. So, right. I mean, okay. it's, it's not as, um, you know, it's just what these guys are going to get paid. This is Alex. I think this is Alex Smith money. Here's Trevor Sikama at Tampa Bay Trey. I know he's a draft network guy, a really good football analyst. He tweeted and said about the Ryan Tannehill contract, so this is essentially a two-year deal that is below starting quarterback market value with an out after 2021. 
If he goes beyond 2021, it's a big price increase. But by that time, the average money per year will keep it pretty team-friendly. I guess he's insinuating that the quarterback money is just going to keep going up over the next few years when Mahomes and Watson and those guys sign their deals. And when I mean, Ben will have won two consecutive Super Bowls at that point, so I know he'll be old, but they'll probably just give him a massive deal regardless, right? Um, essentially two-year deal below starting quarterback market value. Are we insinuating that thirty is 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 market value at this point? Because if he's twenty-nine per year, well, Ben's thirty-four. What is Brady? Well, Brady's a weird case because he's always signed intentionally far underneath of the market value to keep New England uh, with a ton of money. Because his wife is like a billionaire, anyways. So Brady's not a good one. You don't want to look at, honestly, don't look at Brady in that. The, the other two contemporaries with Ben are Russell Wilson, who makes a little bit more, and then Aaron Rodgers makes more than that. We're assuming Dak Prescott's going to make uh, more than 30 because the rumor is that the Cowboys were offering 33. He said no. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes is going to make about $100 million per game when he gets his deal. Deshaun Watson's another big one. I don't know where Carson Wentz is, but he's another one of the higher-paid guys. Uh... Drew Brees has taken a little bit of a friendly deal. But I digress. Either way, uh, that was the first big news of free agency. Um, you, do you agree? With, I mean, there's not much of a, not much else to say there except for you guys are going to be hearing a lot about this Tannehill thing. And every time a quarterback gets paid money, people freak out and say it's too much. And it's like, no, it's probably I just think you're seeing the salary ladder. This is like the, it's like the salmon yeah. ladder. Upstream. It's always going to be higher and higher. That's right. Sorry. It's no, re- no relevance to this right. conversation. I just think, so what do you think? <laughs> no, it's um, perfect. What, what I, the number that I heard from Mahomes when he comes out of this, the $40 million, that's that's the next big harbinger, right? Yeah, harbinger. probably. I'm not sure why I use that word either. That's the next milestone. I don't know. Well, sounded good to me. Although I think. Yeah. Harbinger of, it's the next, what is that, like, you know, the next omen that somebody else is going to make more than What is Brady going to command? So. Uh, he's not really commanding much. I heard that. So uh, there is also free agent news saying that San Francisco is now out of the game for Brady. Obviously, Tennessee is out signing Ryan Tannehill. So I, I think that all signs point to him returning to New England, Like is which you know I've been saying the whole time that's his smartest move. It is a little funny that you got to assume Brady has a big ego to be such a successful athlete, but traditionally he's done a good job. I mean, he's a pretty humble guy. He's always trying to improve. The dynamic in New England is that the coaches curse him out on the practice field and the film room as much as anybody else. And that's what lets that's what makes that like Patriot Way thing where t- where guys come in. Thank you, sir. May I have another? Yeah, well, he's sorry. Yeah, he's saying that to to you know, Julian Edelman in a public restroom somewhere at the Kentucky Derby. But they they the fact that they treat him like that lets other like star players come into the team and know like, oh, they don't need me. I'm not that like if they can yell at Brady like this, they definitely don't give a crap about me. So he obviously has humility, right? But his camp has said that the desire to test free agency is not about money. So to me, all that leaves is pride, saying like, hey, I want to prove that I'm better than Bill Belichick and that it's been more me than him during our time in New England. And I don't believe that he believes that. I think he knows that he's a beast, but that Belichick's a big part of it. So who knows if 
if Belichick isn't treating him well or Belichick is trying to push him out the door now. I mean, we all know that he wanted Garoppolo to be the guy. Um, so it, it is a little bit funky. Now, the money he's going to get, it's sort of inconsequential because he's always an outlier. He never get. I mean, if he wanted to take $40 million, he would probably deserve it, right? It's Tom Brady. The, the sales alone that you're going to have due to that guy is outrageous. But, yeah, um, I guess he will come back to New England, which sucks because I wanted to see New England fan tears just having to see him suit up for someone else. And I don't think there was any chance he was winning a Super Bowl for another team unless it was San Francisco. So your mother just walked in, and we had a four-minute interruption, so I forget where we left off. But I did have a thought. (laughs) You made a good point about Brady. I'm not sure I'd pay for him for his play because the the eternal eternal universal question is, is it Brady or Belichick? Oh, I remember what I was going to say. And will Brady perform the way he does on a new team the way he did with the Patriots? So... That wouldn't augur for a big number, but you made a great point. He's, there's just going to be a lot of jerseys for that one last oh, year yeah. he plays for the Broncos. Or I'm not I'm just making it up. But yeah. I told you I was reading a biography of Bill Belichick. It's a great. Uh-huh. It's actually a great book. I mean, of course, there's a whole there's a Pittsburgh or there's a Pennsylvania attachment to the hunky background from which he emerged. Very uh, so it's interesting. The guy's driven, and and you yeah. think about all these NFL coaches is driven. I think he's the Le- LeBron James of NFL coaches. He just works that much harder. I think he clearly has insight, but it's all it's not, you know, preternatural. It's because he's worked so much. So Bill good Belichick, book. yeah, uh, it is the making yeah. of maybe, a coach. I think it's like the education of a coach or something. And like maybe that, that's part it? of the skill is just like the capacity to be able to work that long and 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 not care about it or get into his own. And and we all know, like at this point, it's so funny when people have that discussion. Like it's both of them. They're both unbelievable. The only difference is, I th- I don't think there's another coach who could have ever done that. What Belichick did, and I do think there are other quarterbacks who might have been able to accomplish what Brady accomplished. Who knows if Breeze was up there? Who knows if Rodgers was up there? John Elway? I mean, it's happened before. If you really took John Elway and Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady and Joe Montana and Terry Bradshaw and Roger Starbuck and these guys, and you put them all on a field in their primes at the same age, or you, you let's say you you play like the greatest game of pickup football ever. So let's let's bring like actual gamesmanship into the equation. We're about to have our second four minute interruption in a second here, by the way, in the form of a hurricane. But you put them all on a field. There's no way you come out of that game, those games, and say like, oh, definitively, Montana and Brady were just head and shoulders above Favre and Rogers and all of these other guys. You know what I mean? So I, I do think that. Yeah, Brady's unbelievable. If you really wanted to prove yourself, you should have gone like three or four years ago when you were still in your prime. Now, if he went to San Francisco, yeah, I think they could have won a Super Bowl. I mean, they have every piece, and then Tom Brady is still good. He hasn't declined that much, but he, he has just the damn brain, the experience, better arm than like a Jimmy Garoppolo. Where in San Francisco, everything is around him. He doesn't need any help, which would be so ironic. And P. Butch, Cousin Pat, brought this up this week. We're laughing like, wait, you're going to go try and prove that it's you on a team that is so stacked where it's clear that, like, it's not you. 
You're, you're just a, this is another Patriots situation where the team is crazy loaded and the coach is unbelievable, and that's the irony to me. And then the last piece of irony is that there are so many receivers available right now, and New England is like a receiver or two away from being back in the Super Bowl again. And if you just go back to New England, you could win number seven, unfortunately. And uh, so it sucks for us that he's probably going to go back, but. For once, maybe we're going to get a break. We'll see. Do you think, Hopefully. you know, you know who I do feel bad for? Those quarterback. Well, first of all, anybody who played football before the year 2000. But right. Archie Manning being yeah. stuck in New Orleans. I mean, yeah. by all accounts, a great quarterback stuck in a backwater. And you yeah. have all that talent. And back at that time, there was no way you're going to get released from a team. There's guys like Cam Newton who just played on trash. I'm not like the biggest Cam Newton fan, but you got to admit, the guy like... And it's like, oh, he had Steve Smith for a minute. And then he had Greg Olson, his best skill position player ever. Love Greg Olson. He is, that's not good. If that's like the best guy you've ever had around you. And they still had really competitive teams, and they couldn't put crap around the guy. So, yeah, there's a million examples of this. It's kind of ridiculous. I mean, look at Ben Roethlisberger during the Killer B era. I mean, that defense was a bottom three defense Every year, no matter what the statistics tell you from what they what they racked up against the Hugh Jackson Brown teams and those Bengal teams, you know what I mean? So, like, if they even just had an average defense during those years instead of a putrid defense, then Ben would probably have at least one more Super Bowl on, on, on his list. And then even look at Brady. He throws for 500 yards in the Super Bowl against the Eagles, and they lose. So it just goes to tell you, you know, yeah, there's there's situations that could have worked out for some other guys. And did you see the uh, one of the Division One basketball teams declared itself the winner of the tournament? Who? Shoot, I thought you'd know it. Damn it! But I thought, Kansas? well, if they can do it, the Steelers can do it, and say if we would have had the defense, we would have had a seven Super Bowl. So I think we should I'm, just declare it, it, call it a day. I'm hey, there's one it. more blockbuster you have pointed out that may yes. portend to an effect on the Pittsburgh football Steelers. <sighs> Baltimore, Baltimore, Baltimore traded a freaking fifth round pick to the Jaguars for defensive line superstar Calais Campbell, who, by the way, is seven foot eight, nine hundred and eighty pounds. So now the Ravens' defensive line between him and Williams and all the rest of the guys they got there, Judon. Their defensive line weighs about 14 tons. And, uh, yeah, they just got even better. So that really sucks. That's what that's the crazy thing about them. Lamar is also on a rookie contract, and I don't necessarily think that their roster is that great. Uh, it's good, but all I'm saying is that, yeah, they can get better, and they just did. So that really sucks. They are back to the impenetrable wall of Baltimore that we've been used to seeing. It was nice while it lasted when you could kind of run on them. But, yeah, that sucks. I guess the Jaguars are in complete fire sale. They got rid of every major player from that defense. Uh, Ramsey's gone. Bouye is gone. Uh, who was it? Telvin Smith or someone else retired. Calais Campbell is gone. And Gakwe, they're going to franchise tag, but he said out loud that he doesn't want to play for them, so who knows? It's unbelievable. It really goes to show you how quick those windows disappear in the NFL. And when people think, like, oh, this team's going to be around forever. Because for me, 
that was one of the best defenses I've seen in my life watching football. Like that was, uh, I thought that they were that Jaguars defense was better than the Broncos defense. I thought that they were on par with that Seahawks defense, and uh, now it's completely destroyed. And Baltimore is so good at scooping up these late career veterans. So Clayus Campbell was in the running for Defensive Player of the Year like two, three years ago. I don't think he's quite at that level, but he's still really good. And the Ravens are unbelievable at signing these veteran guys who they just plug in uh, to their defense usually, or at wide receiver, who really take the team in the next level with their talent and then with their leadership. Like Mark, Mark Ingram, the running back, is like the leader of the team. And now they have another guy like that and damn it, it sucks because they just got a lot better. And I know last year I, I, I died on that hill saying Cleveland's going to be good. I'm sorry, they just have too many players. And I was wrong, and I'll admit that. And I find it hilarious that they could possibly be bad with all those great players that they had. But this is the Ravens, and we know we've seen for many years they know how to turn talent into wins as long as half their team doesn't get decimated. So, yeah, the arms race begins, gentlemen. This is the key metric that points to Kevin Colbert needing to retain Ramon. Hey, so here's a message from our our boys at Thurston Goal. Do you love NFL football, fun, and booze? Join us at Thirst and Goal Podcast every Saturday night for weekly NFL coverage, whiskey, bourbon, scotch, and beer reviews. We mix expert football analysis with signature drinks, original segments, and lots and lots of laughs. That's right, football fans. Please join us at Thirst and Goal Podcast by heading over to thirstinggold.buzzsprout.com or search Thirst and Goal Podcast on the web. If you're tired of boring podcasts, Please come join our football party. So I did a little, I saw (laughs) some of the people on armchair were wondering what they're going to talk about this week. Some of the non-football guys, (laughs) (laughs) you know, lesson number one, don't be baseball guys. Don't be NBA guys. But there were uh, one guy, wish I could uh, call him out. I'll call him out. Maybe you could tweet it out. But he had a suggestion, and he said uh, a lot of suggestions about what they could talk about in football, barring the CBA conversation, which we just had. Let's talk about the Wonderlick. Have you ever done a sample Wonderlick test, the one that the uh, players take? No, but Chris Sims has talked about it on PFT and says that it's, it's pretty random and wild. And obviously you get so many reports saying that this thing is pointless, but obviously the teams are still doing it, so it is clearly not pointless. But I haven't seen any of the questions. It's really cool. I took a sample. Um, One thing I did not understand as I was taking the sample test, first of all, they wanted me to buy, a, I think, an SAT prep class for $500 that was part of the entry to do this. But I took a sampling of the questions, and I'm here to give you a couple. I'm not going to ask you to answer because they take a little time. And that's where I, I think I got all the answers right. I just took too much time. That's where the pressure is. So question number one, counting from one to 100. Are you with me? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, et cetera. How many times will you hit and counter the number six? The audience at home can't see his face, but it is he is. He's looking down at the ground. He's mouthing. What, he's mouthing <laughs> because he's counting. Oh, crap. I've been on mute. I've been yelling. 12, 12, 12. Um, I don't know you how you get to 12. How do you get to 12? Oh, I don't know, man. How many times will you encounter a six? Yeah, there's a six in every decade, right? There's a six, two in the 16, 60, 26. In don't forget, there are, te- there are 
10 in the 60s. So 10 in the 60s plus the 10 in the each decade. It's not. It's kind of a trick question. You got to think about it a little bit hard. You're putting me on, not camera, but recording, doing math. What kind of cruel crap is this? Do the words revelation and relativity have opposite meanings, similar meanings, or no relation? Revelation and relativity. Uh, Well, revelation is almost like a epiphany or a word from God, if you will. And then relativity means, of course, as we all know, you know, it's a comparative term. Relativity, you're comparing two things to another, whereas revelation, there's nothing to compare to. So, in fact, they are opposite. There is a word unscramble with 11 letters. It took me, I started cheating. I couldn't find something that would unscramble it. But at the last minute, I did figure it out. But I think it was my Achilles heel because it did take me over the time limit. I'll give you two more. I'm going to give you a gimme. Which number is larger? Are you ready? Ready. Point five. Five. Thirty. Four hundred. What the hell kind of crap is this? How is it anything but four hundred? Which number is larger? I think this is like the SAT where you get credit for signing your name. So that was your gimme. So the last one I'll Thank give you. you. Tom and Nick start at the same point. <clears throat> Tom walks west and Jerry walks east six meters each. They turn right and they walk three meters. Who's closer to the North Pole? Well, as you said before, the Y, the y he's actually going to do a drag route. But depending on if they're man or in zone, he's going to adjust the route. If they're a man, he's just going to keep careening all the way across the field. You're going to get it to him outside the hashes. If it's a zone, he's going to find the soft spot in the middle. He's going to settle. You're going to give him the ball. Works every time. Hit us up on Twitter at Steelers Outpost. Shoot us an email at SteelersOutpost at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Until next week, go Steelers. Okay, bye-bye. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. 
Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Searching for NBA playoff coverage? We've got you. The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, gives you an inside look into the world of sports. Hosted by former NBA sharpshooter and Duke legend J.J. Redick and sports writer Tommy Alter, The Old Man and the Three offers unprecedented access to the league. Tommy and J.J. discuss the NBA and interview some of the biggest names in the league, like Devin Booker and Luka Doncic. NBA final season is the perfect time to dive in, and you can listen to The Old Man and the Three wherever you get your podcasts. To hear episodes brought to you by BMW. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine.